gentlemen, welcome to the Scottish Clans Podcast. I am Clint Edwards, and it has been a while, hasn't it? I really do apologize, but here's what happened since the last episode and this recording. I moved. I completely changed. I cha- not only changed towns, I, I changed states. I moved from southeast Idaho to northern Utah. I'm in an in-between period right now. I, I will uh, allow you, I'll, I'll give you updates as the situation develops, but... I just needed to do something different. I'd been doing what I was previously doing for about 11 years, not about exactly 11 years, and I just wanted to try something different. I tried to do something different within the organization I was already working for, and they said, hey, we don't have anything for you now, and I just decided to take matters into my own hands. So I have some things coming up in the future. How far in the future depends on which one I go with, and I'll, I'll just tell you when I get there. But anyway, it's a big big time for me and my family. We just went through the move. Things are great right now. They're looking good. And I'm in a wonderful spot, surrounded by wonderful people. And and uh, I really don't have a lot to complain about or to... I'm not in a state of panic. We were able to get a good price for our home, which it was really hard to leave. Uh, we had bought that property and... Had that home built and it was just, you know, we weren't occupying something that somebody else had lived in and made a life out of before us. We were the original occupiers of that specific piece of land and it was really hard to then just step away from it. So that was hard, but things are good. Anyway, that's why it's been a while. It's I'm sorry to leave you guys hanging. I was told you that there was going to be part three to this Campbell series here. And so some of you have been sitting back and, and waiting for the rest of the rest of the information. And and what we have for today for you today is what we had originally set out when I decided to do an episode on the Campbells. This was the material that we're going to cover today that I was originally going to get to. And now we're just getting to it. And I, I sure have enjoyed learning about the rest of this things that we've talked about with the Cam about the Campbells, concerning the Campbells. There's a lot there. There's a lot going on. There's some connections I did not know about before. And if you didn't catch the previous two episodes on the Campbells, please go back and and listen to those. I don't know if you have to, to listen to the previous two episodes in order for this one to make sense. Um, I'm not... It's going to be kind of... This, this episode is going to be a little bit different of a different nature than the previous two. But if you'd like to do it, then go ahead and feel free to go back. Just don't forget about this one. But if you want to stick with me, I think you'll be okay. And then just go back and catch those others when you got some time to do it. This is going to be an episode. It's kind of a, it's a clan clusters episode. Now, the previous clan clusters episodes have been all things that either they all claim descent from a common ancestor or they are, was a, are a confederation like Clan Hatton Confederation. And they've banded together, some of them related, some of them not. They've just figured this will be better as, as a team. Today is not that. In a clan as big as the Campbell clan, where individual branches are becoming forces to reckon with in their own right, not just as a branch of a bigger kin group, then I think it's worthy of doing some clan cluster work on them. So that's what we're going to be doing today. The goal is to help us fit all these different branches in. This is originally, I told you my friend Kip Campbell had made a recommendation that I do this. He had looked back in his own family tree and through familysearch.org, which is done by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, through that 
through that source, they were able to find that, yeah, their, their, their ancestry goes back into a few different branches and they just want to see how it all fits together. So no matter which one you come from, or even if you don't come from, hopefully we're able to create some order out of the chaos that is the different branches and how they all fit together, where they spring off the main line and where we go from there. Before I do get to that, I would just like to take maybe a moment and read some comments that have come up. You know, like I said, it has been a while since the last episode, longer than I usually like to take. And so what I'd like to do right now is share some share some listener feedback from previous that I've had not not too far in the rearview mirror here. I'm going to start off with now before I start reading these, I just want to let you know to reach a wider audience and to maybe reach out to some people who would not catch this material otherwise. I'll on Facebook, like for in, for, let's take these Campbell episodes for instance. I'll reach out to the Campbell Clan Campbell Society Facebook page and say, "Hey everybody, I got this going on. You might be interested in it." And then they can go there. Now, in that post that I make on their site, some people reply on that site. But the problem is then I'll also maybe put something out on other Facebook pages that are more general Scottish history. And I don't have time to, to comb through each one of those to find listener feedback. So if you have been one that has heard about it on one of those separate Facebook pages, and you want to add something to it, please go over to the Scottish Clans Facebook page and make your comment there or on Podbean or on Apple Podcasts. Those are the three sources that I'm going to be checking. And I think narrowing it down to three, I have to do it just for my own sanity. Otherwise, it just, it's just going to be too scattered and spread out all over the place. So I'm going to start off today with my the, the Facebook page, the Scottish Clans Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash clans of Scotland. All right, so the first person out of the box this, this today is, as I share this is Clara Wadsworth. Now, she shared with me a story about Colin Moore Campbell. She says, I know that you've probably already found this in your research, but as I was looking through my husband's ancestors, someone from your podcasts... Oh, I was looking, looking through my husband's ancestors, someone from your podcast, Colin Moore Campbell. The life sketch they had about him was pretty cool, and it looks like this was the beginning of the Campbell-McDougal feud. Hope you enjoy the story as much as I did. Sorry if it's hard to read. And it's okay, Clara. Thank you for reaching out. I actually did read through this <coughs> when I clicked on the picture and brought it up on an actual laptop instead of trying to do it on my phone. It was actually, it, it came up fine and I'm able to read it and, and we're good to go. So I'm going to read through this for the listeners real quick. And that's because it's it ties in directly with what we're trying to talk about. So that's why I'm going to spend so much time on this one. I don't, I don't, don't worry, this is going to take up the whole podcast. But I do think it's, it's an interesting story. And, and when I finish it, I'll talk about how it compares with other things I've read. So... Starting the starting the narrative here, it says, quote, It is doubtful whether the early sheriffdom as an administrative unit succeeded in Argyle, since by 1294 the clan Dougal of Lorne were at feud with the Campbells of Lachau. Lachau, Lachau. I think the old, pardon the quote, I'm going to stop quoting right here. The old references to Lachau are L-O-C-H-O-W. That's not unique to this, what I'm reading right here. And then the more, I don't know if you'd call it modern, but the more 
as you go on a time later, the lock is referred to as L-O-C-H space A-W-E, lock-a. So I think I'm just going to go with the lock-a pronunciation. All right, so Clan Dougal of Lorne were at feud of the Campbells of lock and the incident was perhaps the first serious battle between the descendants of Summerled and the family who would, centuries later, become their traditional enemies. The spelling Campbell, like with a C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, did not appear until a later date. According to the accepted story, the march which divided the lands of the Lord of Lorne from those of Sir Colin Campbell of Loch Awe ran along the String of Lorne, a watershed between the Atlantic and Loch Awe. Following a series of boundary disputes, the two sides agreed to call a meeting at a remote spot in the hills beside a burn known as alt Aholachi, the Stream of the Conference. On their way to the tryst, the McDougals paused at Loch Scamadale to consult a magic crystal as to how the negotiations would transpire. To their great consternation, the crystal slipped from the seer's hands into the loch, and conceiving this to be a bad omen, many of the clan returned home. The rest continued up Glen Scamadale, convinced that they were walking into a trap. Sir Colin Campbell and his people, meanwhile, had gone to the meeting place, but not finding the McDougals there, they also suspected treachery, and advancing down the glen as far as the Alt and Ayerig, the stream of the Red Ford, promptly attacked the men of Lorne, who were coming from the opposite direction. A furious fight ensued, and the burn ran red with, ran red with the blood of the slain, and hence its name. The McDougals were heavily outnumbered and likely to have been annihilated until an archer, taking cover, behind a boulder, still called the Cairn Chalan, or the Cairn of Colin, shot and killed Sir Colin Campbell, whereupon the men of Lacha lost heart and withdrew, carrying the body of their dead leader. From Sir Colin Campbell of Lacha, the leader Campbell, the later Campbell chiefs took their name of Macallan Moore, great son of Colin. At this time, however, the Campbells were not yet a real power in the West, and their principal lands appear to have been in Dumbartonshire. His son, Sir Neil Campbell, whose support for Robert the Bruce would con contribute further to that family's growing fortune, succeeded Sir Colin. All right, that's the end of the quote. So, there's, uh, so I'm just going to compare that. I don't know which one's the real story. In Oliver Thompson's book, The Great Feud, as I've quoted in previous episodes, it talks about Colin Moore, that he was possibly on an errand for the king, a diplomatic errand to the McDougals, and they are ambushed, and he was killed in that, in that ambush. This looks like it was more of a mutual decision to fight, and he was uh, killed in action. I don't know which one's the real story. I'm just telling you my sources. So this one, Carla, Carla Wadsworth, if you would like to... Maybe go on the Scottish Clans Facebook page and post a link to this source in case other people want to. You can do it in the, the notes to this, the, if you want to make a note, because I'll have this posted on the Facebook page, the, the link, the Podbean link to this, and you can just put it in the notes there. If you want to put it in the notes, the link to this, because I'm having a hard time finding what the source of it is. And then I just told you the source of the other one. It's The Great Feud by Oliver Thompson. They paint, they paint how they got into the fight a little bit different. N either way, there was a conflict between McDougal's and Campbell's, and Colin Moore was the, was the most significant casualty. Although I hate to say that, like, one life means more. 
in the big scheme of things than another, but he was the, the leader of that element, of that group. The other one thing that I saw in here toward the end was that it makes it look like the Campbells were a fairly minor, they were not a big deal until they backed Robert the Bruce and they rose to power. And I'm actually going to be handling some of that as we talk about the, the different branches of the Campbells today. So maybe I'll just decide to come back to that. But Carla, I really appreciate that's That's a really interesting note there. And it has specific place names in there. I think that's interesting. And I do think it adds a little bit of credibility. If you could ever possibly visit these sites and see, oh, right here is where the archer was hiding behind when he shot Colmore. I think all that's really cool. So, Claire, uh, sorry, I think I called you Carla. Claire, Claire, it's Clara. I can't remember how I said it in previous sentences, but Clara, Clara, thank you for adding that to our information here. And please forgive me if I mispronounced your name a few minutes ago. So that's that's what we have there. I, I do think Clara that that is value added to our discussion here. All right, another comment I have on Facebook is from Ian McGillivray. And he says, hey there, Clint. Hope this message finds you. I recently found your podcast after needing a new one to listen to at work while I drive construction equipment all day. Out of curiosity, I searched for anything regarding Scottish history, and here we are. I'm so thankful that there are other people like me who are passionate about their heritage and culture. But you went the extra step and made this podcast so we could share that together. My name is Ian McGillivray. I'm from Saskatchewan, Canada. My third great-grandfather came from Scotland. I don't know an awful lot about Clan McGillivray other than bits and pieces of information that may have been obscured by my father's memory. I've done some research, but we both know that sor what sources can be like, especially when I'm searching for information on a lesser known or smaller clan. I've always loved the short story of Alexander McGillivray leading Macintosh men at the Battle of Culloden. And then he posted a link to that, to that there. And I'll just tell you what the link is. And maybe I, I don't know if you guys can see these other comments. If you go on to the Scottish Clan's Facebook page and try to hit me on Messenger or some of these other, uh, send me messages on. So I don't know if you can see other people's messages there because I can see everybody's before me. And I don't, I don't know that you could. And so if I'm on the assumption that you can't see this, I might just copy and paste that link in the show notes. But I, there's just a link in there that talks about Andrew, Alexander McGillivray leading the Macintosh men at the Battle of Culloden, which is, which is significant if you're a McGillivray, to, that they'd be given the, that honorable post. So, um, Ian, just a quick note to you. I don't know how far back you've listened to the episodes, but you talked about, you know, sources can be, eh. So go back. I have a whole episode on sources, which ones I use, what I think about them, because even the ones that I use, sometimes I take them with a grain of salt. Some of them are super trustworthy. Anyway, I have a whole episode just on that. I have Actually, it's two episodes. It's one I talk about the sources that are out there, and the other one I talk about the problem with sources and, and how they approach talking about clans. So I recommend that to you. And then I also have another episode back in the list about the Clan Hatton Confederation. So just a couple of things, if you haven't already hit, that you might be interested in. And I thank you, Ian, Ian McGillivray, for for posting this in here, make, reaching out, making a comment, and there I, I shared it with the rest of the listeners. So there we go. Um, I have... Let's see. 
have another one. It's more of a personal flavored message, not so not so much one that maybe I should share for everybody. It's not like way personal, but it's just kind of not a, not a general thing right there. Let's see. Maybe I'm gonna switch over. If and I haven't been keeping very good track of which ones I've covered yet and which ones I haven't covered. So if I just didn't, if I just blew past your comment on Facebook, you just let me know and I'll go back and hit it if you want it to be shared with the rest of the group. Because sometimes that can be advantageous to you, right? You might bring up something and you're like, hey, I don't know about this and I can't find McGillivray sources. And then I bring it up on the podcast and all of a sudden people are reaching out to you, which is why I'm trying to be specific mentioning names. And maybe the listeners can start doing some crosstalk between themselves. And if you guys find anything that be you think be beneficial for the whole, please, please share it. All right, I'm going to the Apple Podcasts now. And... I'm going to go with, let's see, have this, has I, have I read this? I think I've read that already. So maybe we won't. Maybe we'll go to Podbean, because I know I've got some new comments on Podbean. And the app just refreshed the, the whole, so I have to go back to the beginning. So just give me a second. Okay, there I am. All right, this comment comes from Beetle Bomber. Wikipedia isn't a legit source because it's open source and anybody can make changes. I don't know if you can hear the kind of uh, qu- the the challenge or the question in there. Really, it's not it's not legit. Yet it shows its sources for its articles. It tends to be more correct than traditional dictionaries. Interesting how you can look up a Wikipedia article and then just go to the sources of said article and see that they state the same thing there and are acceptable to academia, whereas Wikipedia isn't. And all this study is done over the internet that is run and run on open source operating systems. Over 90% of all internet servers are Linux-based, Linux-based, or in other words, open source. But according to academics, we can't trust open source. So therefore, you can't st- study or cite anything from open source sources. Follow my train of thought. Just my two cents on the irony of open source and academics. Yes, Beetle Bomber, totally get it. And just like I said, I with I mentioned the previous for the previous comments there. I do have, I, I, I have, I don't, I didn't just tackle that in my episode on sources, but I have mentioned that probably several times since then that I feel the same way, way as you do. I, um, I, I get it, so we don't, so we don't source Wikipedia, we don't cite Wikipedia articles, although they can be very useful, and I think it, so you just go to the Wikipedia article, you scan down the bottom, you find what the real source is, if you can access it and just go to its own web uh, Facebook page or not Facebook web website, and and just quote it straight off from there, you know it's cited. Some Wikipedia articles are cited better than others, and I would and I don't think you're saying this. I don't think you're saying only look at Wikipedia. You're just pointing out that Wikipedia can be extremely useful. 100% agree. Use it all the time, but I do pay attention to how it's the sources are cited. I do sometimes as I've got more and more into this and I, and as I'm reading these articles, knowing that I'm going to present some of this information to a wider audience, I'm looking at them a little bit more critically than I used to. And some of them, some of them are kind of all over the place. And you'll see that when I get to the MacArthur's that they don't present it in a, if, if you've, if Wikipedia is one of four sources that you've looked at, you'll You'll, you'll, you'll find the flaws. If you only read the Wikipedia article, 
and that and I know that's not Beetle Bomber. I know that's what's not what you're recommending here. But if you only do that, you you might get a little off, a little off. You might just get it turned around a little bit. So please, guys, when you're studying these things, and if you want to know what sources to look at and which are some better or worse websites, go back to that sources page or sources episode and read through that. And hopefully that gives you like at least four or five different places you can go to study up on things. But Beetle Bomber, thank you for pointing that out. I sure appreciate it. Another quote or uh, another comment left on Podbean, on the Podbean app or podbean.com is from DZLY5B. I still enjoy all your podcasts. Oh yeah, I, this, I read this one right after the last one. And he takes me to task on something here and, and I think I, I, I like that his head's thinking this. I still enjoy all your podcasts. Great material and references to look into. Just as a point, as you said, the Scottish Wars of Independence didn't really leave wrong sides, just losing sides. The, the Cummins, Balliols, Macduffs, McNabs, and others that were large, powerful clans beforehand diminished because of reprisals from the crown as a way of eliminating threats to power of the Bruce. Also, what contributed to the later decline of some of these clans, at least from what I understand of McNab history, I'm admittedly more invested in it, were some of the forced marriages or marriages under duress that helped more powerful clans amass wealth and power. I could be wrong, but I understand that happened a couple of times to the McNabs at the hands of the Campbells, but at this late juncture would be hard to prove except as hearsay. Keep up the good work and look forward to your podcast. If you can send me a link to your Facebook page, that would be appreciated. Jeff McNabb. Jeff McNabb, thank you. And I, I, I haven't sent it to you and I will send it to you. I will send that link to you in the, I'll reply to your, so look for it on Podbean. So yeah, and he did, he did give me credit for saying, as you said, there's no, not really a wrong or right side. And he's, he's correct. Look, if I ever slip and said they're on the wrong side during the Scottish Wars of Independence, I just mean they lost. I believe that John Cummin probably had as good claim to the throne as Robert the Bruce and maybe John Balliol. Um, I, I have not really made that a, a hobby of, or a specific item of interest to really go down and break down each claim to the throne. I, but I have seen it and I have read through it a little bit. And it looks like, just off of what I know here, that... Robert the Bruce, he positioned himself well and and was a go-getter, and he killed a guy, namely John Cummin, in a church, which is typically frowned upon. And that turned some clans that may not have been so against him, vehemently against him. And look, I'm not trying, I wasn't there in the church. I don't know what John Cummin did or said. I know how the outlaw king presents it. I do not know every detail of that conversation or that event. So I'm going to sit back a little bit on the, on the judgment for that. Also, as Jeff McNabb highlights on that story, that, I, that episode we had on the, the Appen Stewarts, the Stewarts of Appen and, and their, the mistress that he had a kid with and then his wife dies and he's going to marry the mistress so that the kid can be legitimate and he can inherit stuff and then the ambush and all that stuff. One of the best stories in Highland history. If you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to the Appen Stewarts versus the rest of Argyle. And it wasn't really the versus the rest of Argyle, but okay. So the whole story revolves around John Stewart's. I believe that was the, the name of the guy that had the affair. I haven't gone back and looked at it, but the Stewart, the, the Appen Stewart chiefs 
affair that he has and the, the conflict that evolves after that, I, I held back judgment on that, on the affair, because of what Jeff points out here. Like these marriages that happen, like you didn't, you didn't, back in these days, you didn't meet somebody at the, uh, the club or at church and fall in love and decide to get married where it was this mutual thing that you're entering into. It just doesn't work that back that way, that, that way back then. And so I'm just going to hold off on a little on, Hey, you committed adultery. What's your stinking problem? I'm, 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 I'm very down on adultery. Keep, keep the covenants that you've made with that person or with God or whatever system that you used for that, but be, be faithful. But I, at the same time, I'm going to hold back from these people in times past who did not necessarily get to choose their spouse. Okay, so pressing forward, there's some of the listener feedback I wanted to cover. Let's get into some Campbell, Campbell branches here. All right, so let's start off with this. In the, I think it was the second episode on the Campbells, episode 41, I gave you, I mentioned three different genealogies that are given. And Neil of Lacha, the knight of Lacha, he is given as like the very bottom of the genealogy. So it starts with him and it goes back in time, back generations. Clear back, way back to a guy named either Ivar or Ambrosius is the last person on this list. And some, so the three different genealogies are the manuscript of 1467, the Kilbride manuscript, and the one provided by a gentleman named McFerbish. I don't, they, they all, they actually all are amazingly consistent. They're not perfectly consistent, but they are very consistent. All right. So we're going to, what I want to do is talk about the main line of who produced the, the earls or later dukes of Argyle. And we're going to talk about the branches of the clan Campbell and where they spring off from that. Okay. So I'm just going to read down the, the genealogy. And this is my kind of consolidated genealogy, taking the three of them and sticking them together. Like I said, the first guy on the list is Ivar or Ambrosius. The next guy is Arthur. All of them have the next guy is Arthur. Then you have a guy named Merbish, Feradog, Duinia, Malcolm, Gillespec or Duncan. One of the genealogies or two of them had that, I think one of them had that switched the other way. Then a gentleman named Dugald, then Gillespec, and Colin, who is the Colin Moore, who was killed by the McDougals, and then his son, Neil of Lacha, who in the previous episode, I mentioned as being the second cousin of Robert the Bruce. No wonder he was so unfailingly loyal to the Bruce. Now, one note here, when we're talking about these chiefs of the Campbells, when you see, in a lot of sources, they mentioned one of the chiefs, or the, the Earl of Argyle, or the Duke of Argyle, or whatever his title was, they'll mention him as Archibald. Now, I cannot for the life of me understand this, but Archibald is usually the English or Scots name where the, his original Gallic name was Gillespeg. In English or Scots, they, they decided to name him Archibald. In my head, the only thing that those two names have in common are they're both three syllables. How do you get Archibald out of Gillespeg? Maybe somewhere back in, in one of the original Gillespegs, he was bilingual 
and his name is Gillis Beck in, in, in his, when he was running in his Gallic circles. Then when he's visiting his lowland friends, he says, just call me Archibald. Maybe it started with these guys themselves. I don't know. I don't know what the origin of that is. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. But So when you see Archibald, his, his Gallic name is usually Gillis Beck, and they just use those interchangeably. And I probably might just stick with Gillis Beck because it's Gallic and it's original, and I'm talking about a Highland clan, a West Highland clan, and contrary to popular belief, the Campbells were as much Gallic and West Highland as any other clan out there where they get the, and I talked about this before, they kind of get a bad rap because they could operate so well between the lowland and the highland circles and cultures. They could bounce back and forth so seamlessly that some of the highland shanahis, the, the old storytellers, paint the Campbells as, like, you guys are a bunch of Sassanachs anyway, a bunch of Gaul. The Gaul, a Gaul is a foreigner. A Sassanach is specifically a Saxon or it's one who speaks a Saxon language or anyway. So they paint the Campbells as you, you're not real Highlanders. Well, actually most of the Campbells were absolutely. Now, some of them weren't. We're going to get to that because we're going to talk about the branches. So I just gave you the, the genealogy there and down to Neil, the Knight of Laha, the unfailing companion of Robert the Bruce. Okay. Now, Neil has descendants and we start these descendants off with, let's see, one of Neil's sons was Colin Og. And then you have Gillisbeck, otherwise Archibald. Then Colin Ingentach, or Colin the Wonderful. And then you have, and then his son Duncan, the first Lord Campbell. Then you have Archibald, and then Colin, and then Gillisbeck, and then Colin, and then Gillisbeck, and then another Gillisbeck, and Colin. And the last two, Gillespeck and Collins, were half-brothers. And why do we see the Colin name pop up so much? Go back to the previous episode and look into the Campbell connections with the Earls of Carrick. And you'll probably find your answer right there. Anyway, that was just I just gave you the line, the Argyle line. That is the main branch, okay? Those are the ones who become the most dominant. Now, this starts us off into a discussion with the first branch I'm going to talk about, who are the MacArthur's of Strucker. The MacArthur's of Strucker should not be confused with a handful of other MacArthur's who also existed in the West Highland and Isles. All right? So just because your last name or your ancestor's last name is MacArthur does not pin them down as a branch of Clan Campbell. There are many kindred who go by this surname. There are some on Isla and Slate who are a sept of Clan Donnell. And they, some people even think they are in their origins, McDonald's. In Isla, I believe they were, were they, I didn't write this down because, and it's not the focus of the thing. So if you want to look more into this, go ahead and look farther into this. But in, in either Isla or Slate, and I think they're the, they're the branch of the same kindred. The MacArthur's in one are related to the MacArthur's in the other. They're Smiths and they're Pipers to the McDonald's, Lords of the Isles, or the McDonald's of Slate, the Clan Ushton or Clan Donald North. All right, so that's a different, but that's a different unrelated branch than the, to the MacArthur's of Strucker. There's another MacArthur kindred who are, who come from the Macaulay's of Arden Capel, who had their territory around the southwest corner of Loch Lomond. 
All right, uh, they they would have been they would have not have bordered Loch Lomond, but the the Cahoons would have bordered the southwest shore of Loch Lomond, and then the Macaulays of Arden Cable would have been right southwest of them. All right, so those are so just don't get get thinking just because you have a MacArthur surname or your ancestors do that is, don't just make assumptions that they're from the the, the Campbells, the MacArthur's of Strucker. So, like I said, they're based out of Strucker. Where they originally had a castle, but later built a less fortified dwelling in which they took up residence. There's the chiefs here. All right. So who's the Arthur that they're descended from? This is where it gets a little bit interesting. So the MacArthur's of Strucker descend from an Arthur who had, who was the constable of Dunstaffnage Castle. In fact, this Arthur's name was Arthur Campbell. He was a Campbell as far as we can tell. Now, he was given the constableship of Dunstaffnage Castle in return for his loyalty to Bruce. So, like his apparent kinsman, Neil, the Knight of Loch Arthur Campbell was also very loyal to Robert the Bruce. What I can't figure out is where this Campbell, this Arthur, ties into the main line. I was looking all over the place. So if you know how this all fits together, why don't you help the, the group out here and post that in the notes to this on the Facebook page. That would be really helpful because I could not find where this Arthur Campbell ties into the main Campbell line. I don't know what his relationship was to Neil. Now, just off of association, if he received Dunstaffnage Castle as the constable of it, because of his loyalty to Bruce, would that put him as a not very distant relative, even close relative of Neil Campbell? And because if Neil Campbell was Bruce's second cousin, was Arthur a brother to Neil or, or a cousin and thus still fairly closely related to the, the Carrick bloodline that also Robert the Bruce was a part of. I, I, don't, I don't know any of that. I could not find that. Now, he was so he's a contemporary of, of Neil and maybe Colin, and that's how he came to control Dunstaffnish Castle. According to Oliver Thompson, mentioned before as the author of The Great Feud, this Arthur, previous to his taking control of Dunstaffnish, maintained Dunoon Castle in Ayrshire. So, that we, and we see that Ayrshire connection there between the between the Campbells and and Ayrshire and Carrick are not the same thing. Carrick, what what was known as the territory of Carrick, and it was an earldom at one time. <coughs> it might be still now, actually. Come to think of it, I didn't even I didn't even check that. But anyway, with the territory known as Carrick is not the same as Ayrshire. It's a little bit farther south, but they I think they overlap. And if, if I'm off on that, somebody can get in there. And Anyway, you see the connection, though. The important thing here is that you see the connection with this southwestern part of Scotland and the Campbells. A very tight connection there. And actually, that explains one of the branches that I'm going to talk about. Not next, but in a couple of branches. Because I'm trying to handle this somewhat, somewhat chronologically. I'm not going to go exactly chronologically. And here's another thought. Okay, so... If you go to scottclans.com, it says that originally it was the MacArthur's 
that married the Odunia heiress. Now, I talked about that in the last episode, or maybe the one before that. I can't remember. Go back and listen to both of them. That it was a MacArthur that married an Odunia and inherited that territory around Lacha, and that one of their descendants somehow earned the nickname Kambul, which translates from Gallic as crooked mouth. And I don't know if I talked about this before, so I'll take just a minute to do it right here. That, that title, Crooked Mouth, that could come from a different way. It could be somebody who had a deformed facial feature. He could have a, a battle scar on his face that when, the, when it scarred, pulled his mouth off a little bit. And so it could be something related to that or not having anything, anything to do with cattle. It could be an agricultural accent or something. I don't know. But it could be not something he was born with, but an actual facial disfigurement. Or we could look at it figuratively where this, they, the, the, the Campbells at one point when they gained this nickname were not known to be very straightforward with the way they talk. And so they call them crooked mouth as, as, a, as a kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of describing their character. I don't know. And really, as far as I've been able to read, nor does anybody else. So Scotland says, Scott Clans says it's the MacArthur's were the original kindred, and then you have Campbell's. And that's, I will say that that's outside of the mainstream of what I've studied. That does not mean it's not true. It's just most of the stuff I read says that you have an Arthur Campbell and you have his branch of the Campbell's are, are called, are, are called MacArthur. Now, that, but we don't know that for sure. I don't know where that Arthur Campbell ties in, where his line ties in the main line. I don't know how far back up this family tree you have to go until you get to the this Arthur's kindred. And so that is that is that that uncertainty is the only thing that makes the MacArthur's maybe the oldest line. If you look at the Wikipedia article, it'll claim that the MacArthur branch is actually the senior line, and that the Argyle branch you gained they became more powerful and gained the dominance over the kindred another another take on this is that the well another little bit of information about the macarthur is that they were supposed to have been very numerous at one time the macarthur's and and this is early and and it said the date and I'm not going to say the date because I'm not 100% convinced that it's accurate, but that at one time the, the chief of the MacArthur's could call a, a thousand men to the battlefield. Now, that's a lot of men. That's, that's, a, that's what would be considered a powerful clan. So, and, and, and does that, is that an indicator of their seniority? Not necessarily. But anyway, I'll leave that guys up to you. If you guys have some pretty solid sources, and I'm not talking about clan lore, although I don't completely discount clan lore, I'm talking about if you can find like some scholarly work that's been done on this and a pretty compelling argument about this, please also post it in the Facebook page on the on the comments below this link that I'm going to post this this episode. That's about all I have to say about the MacArthur's. Maybe the senior line of the Campbells, maybe not. We don't know how far back they go and how far back you have to go to branch off of the main genealogy. And so, so I don't know. Now, there is another branch of the Campbells I'm going to get to next that may produce, may be in the running for the oldest branch. And that is the branch of the Craignish Campbells. 
They claim descent from Dougal Campbell, who was, if the genealogies are accurate, Colin Moore's grandfather. This makes them a very old branch of Clan Campbell. Only the foggy origins of the MacArthurs hold the possibility of being older. The Wikipedia article is a little off and poorly cited. So this goes back to that conversation we had before, right, about usually Wikipedia is pretty well cited, but not always. And in the article on the Campbells of Craig Nish, it is not well cited. But it says that Dougal was the second son of Gillespie Campbell, the fifth knight of Loch Awe. It subsequently says that Dougal's older brother was Duncan, or back then in Gaelic that'd be Donacha, from whom the later earls of Argyll descend. This doesn't agree with the manuscript of 1467, the Kilbride, or the McFerbish genealogies, all of which are displayed on the Clan Campbell Society of North America.org. That's a ccsna.org website, okay? And, I, and in a previous episode, I did post the link to that. If you want to go back and look at those genealogies, and they do not agree with that claim that Duncan was Dougal's older brother and that from Duncan the Argyle line descends, and from Dougal you get the Craignish Campbells. Yet, all those pedigrees do agree that Dougal was Colin Moore's grandfather, which maintains the Craignish position as an old branch of the Campbells. And as they claim to descend from this Dougal, Dougal was a favorite name among them. In fact, their Gallic title was MacDougal Craignish which Craig Inish, the rock and the island, the, the, anyway, so they, you'll, if you look down through the, the chiefs of this branch of the Campbells, you'll see several of them named Dougal. And that's, that's really all I have to say on the Campbells of Craig, Craig Nish. Let's see the other. So that brings us to the, as far as I can tell, the next oldest branch. And this is interesting because it's not a Highland, Western Highland Argyle branch. It's a branch that actually became a lowland branch. And that is the Campbells of Loudoun. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And I think in Virginia, it's Loudoun County. Probably some guy from there named the county in Virginia. Anyway, the... Loudon Campbells claim descent from Colin Moore. They claim descent from a, a brother of Neil of Lacha, who would have been. Uh, so, this brother of Neil is Donal, whose brother is Donacha, and from Donacha descend the, the, um, the Loudon branch of the Campbells. So, after I've described all that, what's, what's unique about them? So, Duncan received the lands of Loudon and Stevenson, possibly originally through marriage into the Crawfords. These lands were confirmed upon him by King Robert I, Robert the Bruce. So we have this fairly old branch of Campbells established in the Lowlands, but given a long-standing connection with the Campbells of Carrick, this shouldn't be too surprising. Now, Loudon isn't in what was considered Carrick, but it's not far to the north of it. So once again, this is this connection between the Campbells and Southwest Scotland. Uh, going back on that Crawford deal there. So you have the Lindsays, who are the Earls of Crawford. And then, and this is not something I've studied, if you want to jump into this a little bit more. So were these Crawfords, were they really a branch of Lindsays who just didn't call themselves, started to name themselves after the land of Crawford? 
or were they completely different kindred, maybe who predate the Lindsay's occupation or, the, or the control of that area? I don't know all about the Lindsay's and the Crawfords. I just know that the Lindsay's were the Earls of Crawford, and that's where you get the Crawford name comes from that earldom, and the Lindsay's, and that, there's a connection there. So just so you know. And, and so that puts the Loudon once again as an older branch of Clan Campbell. All right. Now, Neil of Lacha, I mentioned before he had a son named Colin Og. He also had a son named Dougal, and he also had a son named Ian, just for the record. Now, Colin Og has Gillespeck or Archibald. Now, his son, and this is when we're going to get into some other branches, you have, and I'm not going to go into all the branches equally. Oh, here's another thing just as a disclaimer here. If you had any idea how many branches of Campbells there are, you would know that I'm not going to get to all of them ever. Not in this episode, not in any other episode. I just took the branches that come up the most as I've studied about the Campbells, and those are the ones we're going to get to. And and just in case you're curious and you're just waiting on the edge of your seat because I'm going to touch on your branch of the Campbells, I've already been discussing the branch that become the Earls of Argyle for a while now, and I mean those two previous those two previous episodes, as well as other episodes where I've got into this, to include the last clan battle, the Battle of Altamarlach between the Campbells and the Sinclairs. And so I'm, I've talked about. So I'm not going to discuss them at length here. The branches I am going to discuss, I've already hit on the MacArthur's. And I've already hit on the Craignish Campbells. I'm also going to hit on the, the Campbells of Cotter. The, and I've just touched on the Campbells of Loudoun. I'm going to touch on the McTavishes, the Campbells of Auchenbreck. And then there's a couple of... Oh, and then the Campbells of Glenorchy as well. And then there will be some honorable mentions there at the end. That, those are the only ones that I'm going to jump into today. And I'm sorry if you were really excited to hear about your branch of the Campbells. And I didn't get to it, but there's just too many to cover. All right, so you got the MacArthur's. Where was I? Just covered the Loudon, the Craignish. Let's talk about, there's, and I'm just going to briefly mention this group. So from Colin Ingentach, Colin the Wonderful, he also had a sister named Helena, and he had a brother named Dunacha. And it's from Dunacha that we get the Campbells of... Um, they, Dunica was called his, his epithet or his nickname was called Skilled in the Sach. Uh, he's from, he was the, he was the Campbell that occupied Skildnish. And so you have from him descend the McConaughey branch of Campbell's. So let's just take a pause right here and talk about the name McConaughey. Here you have the McConaughey's as a Campbell branch. But where do we hear this name before? We heard this name before in Clan Donaghy, right? From in our episode on the Robertsons of Struan, also known as Clan Donaghy. And I know some of you are going to start nitpicking right there and be like, well, they were just, and they were the, the Robertsons and the McGonaghy. I like study it out in your own mind. If this is, if that part of the story is really important to you, Go that direction, jump into it, and um, and become a subject matter expert on that. I, I'm just telling you that if you see the reason I bring it up now, so the son of Donaghy is or Donaghy would be known as McGonaghy or McGonaghy. We usually see it McGonaghy, and and just because you have that last name, 
if you happen to be Matthew McConaughey, or if you have the last name also, you see another variant of this called McConkey. All right. In either case, don't just assume that you're connection, connected to the Robertsons of Struan, Clan Donaghy, because you might also be, not also, but you might instead be a branch of the Camels. So you have the McConaughey branch descended from Donaghy, Skjöldanasach. Skjöldanasach, I don't know how you say where the emphasis is there. So you have that branch. And they were up, they were up around Loch, uh, Loch Awe. From then from the, that from Colin Ingentach, the next one you have is Dunacha, first Lord Campbell, and his brother, another son of Colin Ingentach, is Colin Og, and from Colin Og or young Colin, you have the Ard Kingless branch. Once again, not a ton of detail on the Ard Kingless branch, but you just that's where they connect into this. Going down the line. So Dunacha, first Lord Campbell, has a son named Gillespec or Archibald, and he and he is a half brother to another yet another Colin, and another brother named Dunacha. Now the Argyle line passes through Gillespec or Archibald, but his half brother Colin, from him, he is given the lands of Glenorchy, and from him descend the Glenorchy branch of the Campbells. Now, why are they such a big deal? Well, at one time, next to the Argyle branch, the Glenorchy branch was the most powerful. The, so this Colin who, from whom they descend, he was the one who built Kilkern Castle on the northeast end of Loch Awe. He was granted land around Loch Tay. All right, so let's, let's get our, let's, let's get our, geography caps on here. Lochte, if you find Locha and you go up to the northeast, it's kind of a, it almost forms a, a sloppy looking S, right? An S that never really curves in the middle. It comes, comes from, it starts northeast, runs, if you're looking at it from north to south, it runs southwest, almost straightens out almost to a north-south loch, and then it curves back off again to the southwest. So at the, at the north end, northeast end of that loch, that's where Kilkern Castle is. And it's not very far from the west coast of Scotland. So Loch Tay. Loch Tay is to the east of there. It's, uh, would you say it's straight east? I don't know if you'd no, it's You know what? I'd say it's a little bit northeast of there. Loch Tay is northeast. And, it, and you cover some ground in between one place and the other there. So this Colin, he's the one that gets established because the the Campbells have had territory around Loch Tay for a long time. And that all starts with Colin, this ancestor of the Campbells of Glenorchy. He was granted that land because he or his men, I don't know if he was actually in the in the party that did this, they hunted down James II's killers. And so James III gives land around Loch Tay to this Colin Campbell. This is the introduction of the Campbell involvement in this area. If you go to previous episodes and I talk about the McGregors, the McGregors actually had previously spearheaded, they kind of acted like the Campbells, the tip of their spear. The McGregors, who were very powerful militarily, they would go into an area occupied by force, and it wasn't very long afterwards that you could see 
that Campbell is gaining actual legal title to that territory. If you want a very in-depth look at that process, look at Martin McGregor's PhD thesis on this subject. All right, so the Campbells, this, so the, so the Campbells get established in. I mean, Glen Orkey is at the is at the top of Lacha, and the and the Campbells have been around Lacha forever. Okay, so that's it's just that this this particular younger son of the Earl of Argyle is given. Actually, they're not. Um, he's not the Earl of Argyle yet. He's like. He's called Lord Campbell. Anyway, he's but Collins, the younger son, he officially gets control of this northern end of Loch Awe. And then, then it, within the same person's lifetime, the Campbells get an, a foothold over around Loch, Loch Tay. All right, so you see that happening here. Now, the chiefs of, Glen, of the Glenorchy branch later become the earls of Breadalbin and Holland. So Breadalbin is the area around Loch Tay. All right, so they eventually, I don't know if you look at this as, the, as, as the chiefs of Glenorchy, the Glenorchy branch, they're not earls. When they're created, when this line is created earls, that's in the capacity of their influence in Breadalbin, okay? And there's, there's sub-branches of the Glenorchy branch. There's sub-branches of all of these branches. They become their little kindreds, but Glenorchy is the parent branch of all those ones who, who come from Loch Tay. Hopefully that's clear for you. Now, Colin, same Colin that becomes the first of Glen Orkey, he has a brother also, and his brother's name is Dunacha, and he becomes the chief of the Campbells of Achenbreck. Now, Achenbreck is, is an anglicization of Achnebreck, and the Breck part of this means speckled. And it can refer to trout because trouts have the, it looks like they have freckles all over them. And so it's either the field of the trout or the field of the speckled one. That was as far as I didn't dive into that and find out what it really, you know, if there's something deeper or more significant going on there. But this branch of the Campbell is an interesting branch because, well, let me see, let me get down to my notes. Sometimes I'm following my notes, sometimes I don't. They descend from this Duncan, who's a younger son of Duncan, First Lord Campbell. His older brothers were Gillespeg and Colin, who sired the Earls of Argyle and Glenorchy branch, respectively. The Auchenbreck Campbells provided the military training and leadership for the Earls of Argyle in a similar way that the Murrays of Aberscores did for the Earls of Sutherland farther north. Only the Campbells of Auchenbreck were organic to the Campbell clan. All right, hopefully that's clear to everybody. So when the Earl of, the Earl of Argyle or a Lord Campbell needed to summon his forces and go fight for something it was after the this branch of the Campbells become established as the ones the chief of this branch would be the one that the Earl of Argyle turns to and says summon the men or in times of peace he's working on their military readiness all right so that's why and I think that's just cool that this branch of the Campbells functions like that and they're not unique like I said there's that you had the Earls of Sutherland who had the Murrays of Aberscores do that and that was probably a fairly common practice throughout the, when we talk about the structure of a Highland clan. If you want to get deeper into that, you can go back to the episode structure of a clan and you can, and I get into, and I think I did that one in two parts if I'm remembering correctly. 
you can get back into the chief's retinue of men. Now, I don't know that the, the chief of the Auchenbreck branch of the Campbells was part of his immediate retinue and traveled around with them and stuff. Maybe he was, I don't know. But so he was in that capacity, might not have been exactly the same as, per, for instance, the Harper or the Piper or whatever other person that he may have kept around him. But he had that specific function within the broader Campbell kindred. I just think that's really interesting. I don't know why that's super interesting to me, but I do think it is. All right, so that gets us. Where are we are? Where are we in the family tree here? So we went Dunica, first Lord Campbell. From his brother, you get the Campbells of Ard Kingless. From his uncle, you get the McConaughey's. From his son, from his oh, and then from that Dunica, so he has Gillespeck. Gillespeck's brother Colin has the the Glenorchy Campbells and. They have another br- br- uh, brother, Archibald and Colin have a brother, Dunica, who sires the Auchenbreck, the Auchenbreck branch of the clan. All right, you know what else I think I might do? I might actually post on the Facebook page so that you can access it. I actually went on, I have a Google map, and I've used the heck out of Google Maps. I plotted all of the Campbell strongholds that I could find. And in those Campbell strongholds, you can find a, a lot of the a lot of the branches that I'm talking about here. Now, all of those strongholds or castles don't represent a branch because some of them were different. One branch, especially the the main branch, the Argyle Campbells, they they would they had more than one. It wasn't just their castle in Inverary. They, they had, you had Campbell Castle or Castle Campbell, which used to be Castle Gloom, and they changed the name of it, and I would have too, when they, when they gained possession of that Campbell, or of that castle, sorry. Okay, anyway, so, so yes, just that disclaimer, but you, I will have that posted there. All right, so going down the list here, you, so you've got Colin, who is the, the son of, so you have, just backtracking here, it's just for my own sake here. Dunica is the first Lord Campbell, then Archibald, and he, and he then Archibald or Gillespeck has his son's Colin, and he becomes a first Earl of Argyle. All right. Now he has, I mean, probably had more than this, but I'm going to talk about two of his sons. He has Gillespeck, and from Gillespeck, you continue down having the, the um, oh, never mind, I actually scratched that line. You should see what I'm actually talking about. Um, basing these comments off. I've got some handwritten notes because I just found the computer was a little unwieldy for writing all the stuff down. So I've got lines going over here to this branch and from this son to this guy over here. Anyway, I'd scribbled that one out. You have Colin, the first Earl of Camp, Earl, Earl of Argyle. His son's the Gillespeck. Now Gillespeck has two sons, another Cam, or another Colin, and then another son named John, or in the Highland, in the Gaelic, it would be Yoin. So Colin Campbell, he, from him, you, you keep on going, having the Earls of Argyle. But from Yoin, you have an, or, or I'm just going to say John, because I don't, I, I don't even know if I'm really hitting that right, that Gaelic. But from John, you have a really interesting story going on here. So up in the north, not very far from Inverness, farther north than the Campbell heartland, you have a place called Calder or in the lowland vernacular, Cawdor. So C-A-L-D-E-R or C-A-W-D-O-R. Same place. 
and you have the, the Thanes of Calder, and they may have descended from Normans or from native stock. I'm not like, and I just read different stuff on that, and I'm not going to go into that. I'm not prepared to give a, a really knowledgeable exposition on that. But you had Thanes of Calder, and they, and their, the male line on that ran out. Now, the Calders had a close relationship with a clan that I have had requests from two separate and I think independent people to do an episode on. And I'm talking about the Roses of Kilrock. And it looks like when you spell when you read it, it looks like Kilravok, but my understanding is it's pronounced Kilrock. And you have, so the Roses of Kilrock have a, are closely allied to the Thanes of Calder and the Thane of Calder is originally going to have his daughter Muriel lined up to marry a rose, but the I think there's some political maneuvering and maybe some even economic maneuvering here going on by the Earl of Argyle. Anyway, he he gets I, that's kind of a long story, and I don't know that I understand it really well. I did read it, but I don't understand it well, so I'm going to bypass it here. But the the Earl of Argyle gets in a position of leverage over the Rose gentleman, or maybe it was over the Calder, the Thane of Calder. He gets in a, a strong, strong position into, in order to, he, he's able to use that leverage to get, instead of getting this girl betrothed to the Rose gentleman, he gets her betrothed to his son, John. And now keep in mind, so she was born supposedly in 1494. If that's accurate, in 1505, according to, what was I looking at? There's a, a website that I was going off for this. I was going off of scotland-inverness.co.uk. All right, that's a website that I just did a Google search and I found this and, and it, it gives the, the longest narrative of the story that I could find. And so, you know what? Maybe I should just read it. According to the to a charter, you know what? I'm not going to read it. It's I think it'll come off dry. Anyway, 1505. So Muriel would have been 11 years old in the autumn of 1505. So tradition says. The Earl of Argyle, at the time the most influential man in Scotland, sent an expedition of 60 clansmen under Campbell of Inverleaver to abduct the infant, which she 11. I don't consider 11 an infant. Muriel to Inverary, Argyle, under the pretense of educating her in the South. And I actually, pause real quick, I actually am reading this, but I skipped a bunch of stuff, all right? All right, back to quoting it. Muriel's uncles, Hugh and Alexander Calder, leading a large force, overtook the Campbell party near Dartulic in Strathnairn, and a battle ensued. But one of Inverleaver's sons escaped with Muriel, while the others kept the Calders in check. All right, so they, they pretty much abducted Muriel. Now, what this website does not tell is another part of the story where somebody is wondering, well, what if, what if Muriel dies? And the response was, supposedly from John Campbell, as and this Muriel, was, I guess she was a red-haired lass. He says, as long as, as, long as there is a red-haired lass around Loch Awe, or maybe it was, I can't remember the exact quote, near Inverary, she will not be dead. Which is kind of a, 
a cold thing to say, meaning if she does die, we'll just find another red-haired gal and she'll be the new Muriel. And well, it doesn't matter. And so he's not really concerned about her life. And I don't know if that's just clan lore or if that was a, a solid quote. I don't know. I'm just telling you how the story goes, right? And sometimes the story is cool. And you, some of you are tuning in here just for cool stories. And that's why I'm slowing down on the story a second to take a minute with, with how we get the, the Campbell branch of the Cotters. So you get this 60 men go up. Hey, um, we'd like to take Marielle back to Inverary to train her up. And the Calders and the Roses probably, I'd be surprised if there wasn't a couple of them in here, were saying, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you should leave her here. And Campbell's say, go ahead and try to stop us. And they hightail it and fight a, fight a rear guard action from Calder back to Inverary, which is a bit of a, a bit of a, that's a bit of a stretch, not a stretch like believability wise, but terrain wise, it's a bit of a stretch to get from Calder down clear to Inverary. Anyway, they get there and she raises up and John marries her. And now he is no kidding, legally, officially John Campbell of Calder or Calder, however you want to pronounce that. There you have it. That's how we get the, the Calder branch. Now, there's a lot of intrigue, and these branches, especially the Loudon branch, the Calder branch, the Glenorchy branch, I, I would dare say, with maybe the Achenbreck branch as the military guys, those were your, some of your most powerful branches of Campbells. And, and just a side note, going back to the Glenorchies, if you remember that the, there's a branch of the Campbells that ran an extermination campaign on the McGregors. Those are the Glen Orkies, just in case I forgot to mention that back there. So that's how we get the, the Calder. So it seems like time, timeline-wise, the Calders are the most recent big branch of the Campbells with the Campbells of Glen Orkie and Achenbreck being the runners-up to that. The oldest branches being the MacArthur's and the Craig Nish Campbells with the runner up to that being the Loudon Campbells. And I think that the Loudons were established in Loudon. The Loudon, those, those Campbells were established in Loudon. I think the year on that was 1318. All right, so there you have it. Um, I hope you can just draw that out and get it straight in all your heads. But if you can trace your ancestry back to those areas, so if your if your ancestor goes back to Loch Tay, probably eventually you connect in with the Campbells of Glenorchy. If your family, if your group of Campbells, and you're listening to this out of a personal interest, if it goes back to Southwest Scotland, probably you're connected to the Loudon Campbells. If you're a West Highland Campbell, there are a lot of different branches that you could be from. And, and to help you with all this, I will post this all, like I said, that Google map, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a link to that on the, the, face, the, the Facebook page for the Scotch Clans. <clears throat> Thank you for those of you who re have reached out. Thank you for listening to that. And thank you for, for listening to this podcast generally. I love your comments. I would like to invite you to for further interaction to reach out either on the Facebook page or the, the Podbean app or podbean.com or 
go on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Those are the best ways. Um, not so much don't leave a comment on, unless it's a discussion that you just want to generate based off of the podcast episode within whatever branch page book, Facebook page, like if it's the Campbell page or if it's the History of Scotland page and you just want to develop a, a conversation just in that context there, then feel free. But if you want me to go back, and, and I do, by the way, I, that does pop up on my Facebook and I do see those. They have visibility. But when I'm getting an episode together and, and I want to bring these comments into the, the beginning of the episode, I'm probably going to look, be looking at those three sources, the, face, the Scotch Clients Facebook page, the Podbean source, or the Apple Podcasts. All right? So there you have it. I hope I was as specific as possible. I hope that wasn't just a, I hope you aren't more turned around now than you were before. I hope I was, like I said, there's a lot more that I didn't get to that I don't think I could ever get to. They're so, the Campbells were such a big deal and had so many branches. If you would like to, there's one more thing I want to ask you to do, if you don't mind. If you can think of somebody that, would, that you think would enjoy this podcast, will you reach out to them and, in, and send it? You can share it. You can share the, the press, press the share button on any of those those formats that I told you, share it with somebody that you think would be interested. You, you probably know how to share stuff on Facebook and then, then on Podbean or, or on Apple Podcasts, there's that little square with the arrow pointing north and that's the, apparently that's the international symbol of share this with somebody else through social media. All right, that's all I've got for you today. I think, I believe so. Well, hey, thank you for joining me today. I hope it's been enjoyable for you. I hope all of you Campbells feel like I did right by you, except for all you branches that I missed. Sorry about that. I look forward to you being with me next time. Let me just tell you what I've got brewing for the future, can I, in my head? So I've got a few of the, the requests to do specific clans. The most recent ones have been the McVerricks and the Roses of Killrock. But I know there's been some older ones that I have not got to. I have written some of those down. And so I'm thinking about that. But another one I'm thinking about doing for the future that I think would be really fun. So I don't know if any of you have watched the, it's on Netflix, but it's a History Channel deal, The Hatfields and the McCoys. It's got, it's got um, Robert Paxton. He plays Randall McCoy and the leader of that group. You could say the chief of that clan. And Devil Ants Hatfield, who is the chief of the Hatfields. And you have this feud that goes back and forth. For those of you who are not from America, the, for the United States, I should say, apologize. You're not from the United States and that's not part of your cultural heritage and you don't know anything about that. It's a, it, basically, it's a clan feud. I think you could boil it down to that. And I've watched some episodes of it and it's really interesting to see how their clans are structured and compare that with Highland or, or Scottish clans generally. And I think that you would find the similarities compelling. Anyway, I've got that kind of cooking in the background, just on a slow cook. I don't know when I'm going to get to it, but wouldn't that be fascinating to break an American version of a clan feud down? And I've already had the clan feud like mini series going on within this podcast, so that would fit right in. And so in preparation for that, if any of you guys want to watch those series, if you haven't seen them, and maybe take some notes and maybe do a little research. And I hope this episode, when it comes to that, has not just provided you information, but as you may have noticed, I don't know about every single aspect of this. 
and what I have, hope I have maybe provided is some jumping on, some jumping off points for your own research. And maybe you're like, well, Clint, I'm listening to this because I don't got the time to do my own research and I can listen to this while I, for example, operate heavy machinery during my workday. And that's fine. But if you do have the opportunity to, to research some of these, I hope I'm giving you some jumping off points Oh yeah, he didn't. He he kind of got into that and didn't know that much about it. Let me let's pursue that. I probably gave you like five or six of them during this episode. So there you go. You're welcome. I won't even charge you for it. Like everything else on this podcast, so far it's free. So far, I do want to monetize it in the future, but I don't think I'll ever get to the point where you're going to be charged just to listen to it. That wouldn't be very good for business. Anyway, join me next time for one of those possible episodes I just mentioned. Hope you have a great day.